Please turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. We are looking at the supernatural church. And um, we're looking at the fact that, you know, we are meant to be a supernatural body in this earth. This is not meant to be, you know, an organization. Somebody once said, we're not to be a referral system. You know, you, you, get, you get, get too weird, we have to send you off here in this way. You get too weird in that way, we have to send you off somewhere else. You know, we are meant to be people that are addressing every problem, every situation that comes up. Amen? And we are meant to be doing it supernaturally. And that's really what I really want to focus on as we move forward in this. And um, what, I want, <laughs> what I want to do today <laughs> is uh, get back to where we left off from last week. And I want to give you an overall view of how we are meant to operate. Everything that we receive as the body of Christ is supernatural. That's the first thing we have to acknowledge. Because what I've noticed happening is that uh, a lot of the, our denominational brothers and sisters who love the Lord dearly and who love people dearly and do everything they can to minister to people don't seem to have a good grasp on the supernatural power of God. And then we've got our you know, brothers and sisters, where I come from, okay, that have a, have a, a sort of a good grasp, I was going to say better, but let's just say good, that have a good grasp on the supernatural power of God, but not so much the community side. But when we look at the book of Acts, we see both in operation. I want to I wanna just read again in Acts chapter 6. I should have put the whole lot in here, but you know, there are three things that this brings out. In Acts chapter 6, let me begin reading in verse, I'll just read from verses 2 through 4. It says, Then the twelve summoned, now we know it's the twelve apostles, right? Okay. The twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples. And said, now remember again, I said, I talked about disciples last week. These are not just converts. This, this is so important that we make this point once again. They're disciples, which means they've been, <laughs> I was going to say in the way, but you know, some people do just get in the way, don't they? Okay. <laughs> they've been in the word of God. Okay. They have learned, they have grown. Okay. Uh, and he says, they summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Right. I, I want you to see two things there. I want you to see the word of God and I want you to see serve. Okay, I want you to notice that they said it's not desirable that we leave the word of God and serve. Okay, all right. So we see two things there. All right, and he goes on to say in verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men, today will be seven men or women, okay, yeah. of good reputation. Now watch this, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, not just full of good works. Okay, so they are looking for people that are operating in the power of God, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that we may, uh, whom we may appoint over this business this business of what this business of serving i really need to catch this okay okay all right and in serving loving the body okay but he says and then again in verse 4 but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word 
Prayer in the ministry of the word is what the Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4. So we're going to look at three different lists today. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. So we see first the word of God, verses 1 and 3. Second, the business of serving, verses 1 and 2. And third, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We had a quick look at the first list last week, but I want to go back over it for just a minute. In, in view of what we're doing, okay, so that we can understand what, how all this works. So we're going to have a look at what the apostles said that they're giving themselves to, and also what it is that they do, because it's not just apostles. The apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, please follow me the best you can, <laughs> okay? It says in verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Five-fold ministry. Did you get all that? Okay. So there's five in, in this apostolic, so to speak, ministry that they were talking about. That give them, and that should give themselves to the word of God and prayer. They should give themselves. Okay. That's what they should be doing. Not running around. Petting every little baby and, you know, doing this and doing that and, you know, like what they call the work of the ministry. And, you know, you see a, a list that when I first came into the ministry, somebody handed me like a list of all the things that a pastor should do. And I looked at that list and I realized something. It's all the stuff they should do that they don't want to do that we're paying you to do it. Go do it. And it was all this stuff. And you know why? Because in the King James, they put the comma in the wrong place. You know, in the Greek, there's no punctuation. So we decided where to put the thing. And sometimes putting a comma in the wrong place can have a whole other meaning. I won't give you examples that will shock you. But, you know, but in, you know, what they did was they took this verse. And they said in the next verse, in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, comma, for the work of the ministry, comma. And it, there was not meant to be a comma between the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. It was meant to be one sentence. It was meant to be for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. The saints were to do the work of the ministry. The apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists can't get to everybody. But the saints, the more and more come in, the more they can reach the world. Because they are places that they, these people can't go. And there's only so much one person can do. Are you all with me? And the best evangelism is one-on-one. -on -one. What we're meant to be doing here is teaching you to be an evangelist. To be a person that can reach the lost. To be able to minister the word to people. Are you all with me? So that you can then go and touch people and you can bless them and you can, you can do things that God can show himself in two ways. How much he loves them and how powerful he is. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> so that there's no question about this is, you have your religion and I'm having mine. Yeah. No, we've got power. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want religion. Are you all with me? If, we, if this worked the way it's said here, the world would be evangelized by now. No, I'm serious. That's really what should be happening. Because as people, and the, and the way this happens is it's meant to come from here to you, and then you are meant to go and do the next thing. As the Spirit leads. 
according to your gifts. You know, people get all uh, um, nervous about doing stuff and they say, I can't do what that person does. Please don't. That's their gifts. You gotta find out what you can do. Well, I don't seem to be able to talk to people. You know, like making things. Well, if you make something for someone, pray over the thing, anoint the thing, and just say, when they touch it, remember the handkerchiefs from Paul? Yeah. Drove out demons. You can pray, man, and you can say the next person that touches this yes. is going to have a strong desire yes. to get right with God. Right. That may mean going to church or whatever, you know. You just, you can do stuff. And all you do is go, what one? <laughs> yep, you just evangelized. And they're going home, going, why did I suddenly feel like God all over me? And <laughs> See, we don't know. We, because we're trying to do natural things. And we don't, we don't engage the supernatural. We don't engage the power. And we don't allow God to work through our gifts to bring about his kingdom in this earth. Amen? So... <laughs> We have this, this list that shows us where this starts. This is what the apostle said. We can't leave this to go serve because then you are not going to get what you need to fulfill the rest of the list. I'm going to read the rest of, this very, rest of the list very quickly. <laughs> um, just so you have an idea of what they, were, what they were called to do and why they were meant to spend so much time in prayer and the word of God. Can I just say this to you? I spend a very, <laughs> a lot of hours in the word of God and in prayer that I can give to you in about 30 to 40 minutes. You don't have to spend that time studying out all of this stuff. You can spend that time listening to this over and over again so that you can just take it out and use it. Yeah. See, it, so my job is to take the hard work of getting all the stuff that you need through the week and give it to you all in, one, you know, in this time together yeah. so that you can receive it, be energized, be blessed, get the wisdom, whatever you need. And then, you know, the, faith comes by hearing and hearing not one time heard. Are you all with me? So you need to hear and hear and put this thing inside of you so that it activates on the inside. So I do as much as I can to give you seed that you can plant in your heart so the thing will grow. My job is production of seed, not trees. The sower sows the word. He doesn't sow a tree. <laughs> okay? And then you guys are the ground that receives the seed and grows the seed and produces fruit. Hallelujah. Fruit is something other people eat, not the tree. Uh, it's still like what somebody once said. You never go to an apple tree and find a whole bunch of, you know, apple cores on the ground and nobody's there. And you look around and the tree goes, I got hungry. <laughs> okay. Fruit is <laughs> never mind. Anyway. <laughs> so let me quickly read this list so you understand what they didn't want to walk away from. Why they didn't, didn't want to serve tables? Because they, their job was for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Dear God, we need that. We are fighting about everything today. Other religions laugh at us. 
They're unified in their belief. We, on the other hand, oh, we, we, we believe in this, and no, 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 we believe in that. And, you know, why do they have to do anything? We're killing ourselves. We're dividing and fighting, with, you know, between ourselves. We're doing a great job for them. They just, just sit down, get their popcorn out, and watch. Will we learn? Yes. If the fivefold ministry does its job, then we'll come into the unity of the faith. Because we'll begin to understand what is important. There are some things that will differ. You know, we'll differ in our opinions, in the way we think about things, and they don't matter. Well now, brother, I really would like to know where that second goat went. And I mean, how did, you know, we are, we are the belief of the second goat that went to the wilderness. Others have the belief that the second goat disappeared into the, who cares about the darn goat? <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I'll edit that out. Do you understand? This is how ridiculous it gets. So we're fighting over goats while people are going to hell. That's the problem. That's where the unity doesn't come in because people are so focused on all these natural things that they forget and they miss the whole point of what Jesus did. He died on a cross, not for goats. He died so that we could come together. We could do what we need to do so that this whole thing will finish. We'll make his enemies his footstools and then the end will come. Are you all with me? Amen. And this is the reason why, it's, it, you know, <laughs> let's keep going. It says, till we all come, verse 13, till we all come to the union of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, we need to know Jesus Christ. We need to understand how he works. We need to understand how he thinks. We need to know, what he, you know what's important to him, not what we think is important to him. But what is important to him. You know, it's interesting when we look at, <laughs> we're coming up to John chapter 8. We were going to talk about the woman taking adultery. You know, what we think was important was, oh, she was taking an adultery. How do we deal with adultery? And what are the rules and laws and everything else? But you know what he was looking at? He's going, okay, she was taking adultery. You know, it takes two to tango. Where's the other guy? Where's the guy? You're bringing one half of the equation here. You ask me to judge something that is wrong. This is wrong to begin with. And for us to be able to see that straight away, for us to be able to understand when the world is attacking or the enemy is attacking us, to understand what's actually going on, to be able to see right through it, and to do as he did. Ignore some things. Scooch down and start writing, drawing pictures, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of theories about what he wrote. I'll give those to you when, I, when we get to that. But, you know... <laughs> And then he, has, and he gets up and he just says, you know, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. You're asking me to be the bad guy, you be the bad guy. Hmm? You're in such a hurry to stone her. You, you, whoever is without sin, do, you can start. And it says from the oldest to the youngest, they all walked off. See, that was important. He gets up and says to her, where are your accusers? She goes, I don't have any. <laughs> they all left. <laughs> you know? And he says, go and sin no more. He had something to tell her. He said, I'm not judging you in that way either. Because this was, this was all messed up. 
But he said, don't do this again. You know, don't put yourself in a bad place. Those people are the ones that followed him. That's what the world is looking for. The wisdom of God. Amen? Amen. That's a certain type of supernatural that we need to have working. And he says again here, to a perfect or mature man or woman, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We need to get to that place where we are reflecting Jesus Christ in all of his fullness, not just parts here and there. Oh, Jesus washed feet and served people. Yeah, but then he also healed them all. The fullness. That's the halfness. And there's halfness on both sides. I know it's back in English. I don't care. I told you I didn't have much sleep. Anyway, so <laughs> a lot of editing this Sunday. All right, never mind. The message turned out to be three minutes long. <laughs> Some days. Anyway, back to this. And he says here again, verse 14, that we should not, this is, this is the whole point. They need to spend time in the word and in prayer. Are you getting this? I really need you to see that none of this will happen if they don't do that. If they're out, you know, doing work, like everybody wants them to, none of this will happen. This doesn't come by, you know, putting a sermonette together on a Saturday night. After being exhausted, running around town, doing all these other stuff. Are, are you all with me? This takes time. God has to speak to you. You have to listen. You have to be obedient. And it says that we should... Yeah, okay. Again, it says that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, which is what happens when the ministry doesn't do its job. You get people going, oh, maybe this is right. Oh, maybe that's right. And they can't settle on anything. And if they can't settle on anything, they don't, never settle down to do something. Because they're being carried all over the place. They're not in a place where they are now saying, um, I am now established in the word. I'm, in, I'm established in the Lord. I'm established in my gifts. I know what my calling is. How can I help? will never happen if you're being tossed to and fro. Never. Okay? So again, you know, we look at it and say, why isn't the body of Christ doing more? This is why, because the fivefold ministry isn't doing its job. Amen. And so again, he says, this is the reason why we need to do this, so that you will no longer be tossed, you know, to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You know, people are always out there plotting. There's stuff going on that you have no idea about. Let me say this. The enemy is working very hard at keeping the word of God out of the hands of people. And even the word that we have, trying to compromise it in some way. You, know, you go to a verse somewhere and you go, where's the rest of the verse? Oh, they took it out. Oh. Well, now, <laughs> and they give you some, you know, excuse or whatever. He says, like, dude, it was a verse. Anyway. Where was I? Okay, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love. That takes maturity. People want to speak the truth. Bless God, I tell it how it is. Well, aren't you a sweetheart? You know? Well, the Bible says to tell the truth. No, no, no. It says... Speaking the truth in love. Well, what if I have to say the truth and it's, you know, it's going to, then shut up. 
Like, is that so difficult? Don't say it. Keep your mouth closed. Take a vow of silence. It'll last for about three minutes. <laughs> and the next thing will come out of your mouth is, can we talk about this, Lord? <laughs> oh, you opened your mouth. All right. So, but, you know, this is something very important because to speak the truth in love, it means that you need to have a connection to God. You need to see people the way God sees people. That can only come through maturity. That can only come when you are in a place where you're surrendering to God and say, God, I want to just slap him. But can you please show me what you see in them? And then God shows you something and it touches your heart. And suddenly you don't have to make yourself do anything. Suddenly you want to do something. It's not that it takes away from whatever they're doing wrong, but at least you have some understanding. Are you all with me? Amen? So, you know, it, it makes it easier. And then you can look for the good. Because as you encourage people, they will grow. If you keep criticizing people, they will just roll up in a ball and go hide in a corner somewhere. That's why we need to learn how to speak the truth in love. So that we can let people know, understanding all the problems they're facing, deficiencies that they have, whatever it is. Okay, Understanding all of that and then encouraging them out to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Amen? And then you've got another active member in the body. Hallelujah. Okay, remember they're all born again. They've all got Jesus living on the inside of them. If you've done it to the least one of these. Hello. Be careful how you treat Jesus. Speaking the truth in love, verse 15 again, may grow up in all things into him. May grow up in all things, not a few things, not just most things. But notice it says, so that they will grow up in all things. This won't happen again if you're not spending time in the Word and prayer. If the person isn't given this time, then all you're going to get is just speeches every Sunday. You won't get life. Are you all with me? Okay. And he says, that may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. What every joint supplies. We're going to talk about what the joints are meant to supply today. Okay, we'll, go, we'll get on to it. And it says, uh, uh, let me read again. Okay, so from the, whole, yeah, from the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part has a share to do. Let me say it again. Every part has a share to do. Did y'all get that? Oh no, the pastor does everything. Every part <laughs> has a share. To, there's something for you to do. Well, what's that? I'll let you know. All right, you find it, but I will help you. And it says, uh, again, by, by, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Isn't that interesting? That causes growth. The body grows. You know why? Because people are walking in their gifts. And they are doing something, what I call nat supernaturally natural or naturally supernatural. I don't care which way you want to go with it. But there's something interesting that we're going to look at in Romans chapter 12. So let's go there next. So this is... The 
here in Ephesians 4, we see, once again, the fivefold ministry, which requires the person that is called to give themselves continually to, in which the, the apostles again were referring to. Now, as to the second thing listed, which is brought out in the end of these verses as well, and also in Acts, is, is, is here in Romans chapter 12, where the Apostle Paul is writing again, and he says, and I want to read from verses 1 through 8. He says, talking about the supernatural gifts given to every believer at the new birth. This is supernatural. This is not natural. Do you understand what I just said? This requires the Spirit to work in your life. Okay? All right. It says in verse 1, Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore... Now, when he says beseech, it's almost like a begging. Okay? He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or spiritual service of worship, one translation says. So I want you to notice how he begins this. We have used this in so many different ways. I have preached it in so many different ways. But I want to preach it now in context with what we're talking about. Yeah. And in context of the rest of the, the verses. Okay, so I want you to notice the first thing he says is you need to present your body as a living sacrifice. To do what? We're going to tell you in a minute. Okay, there is something very specific he's going to get to. But there's two things you need. You need to, you need to give your body as a living sacrifice. And, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the re renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So he's saying you're going to need to do two things. Present your body as a living sacrifice and change your mind about things. Because what I'm about to tell you is something that's supernatural that happened when you got saved. You are now a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. What are those things? Let's have a look at these things. He says, verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now that means don't have a high opinion of yourself. He says, but to think soberly or exercise a sound judgment. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. We can use the word the or a, it doesn't matter. But there is something that God has dealt to each one of us. Alright? Now this is a supernatural thing, which is the reason why it's, it's, it's uh, brought out in this way and said, um, the measure, a measure or the measure of faith. Something is given to you. It's not just faith. There is something that came with it. A gift came. How do you know? Because let's read the rest of the verses. It says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Listen now. Verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another individually members of one another which means in you being a part of the body you're still an individual yeah. which means you can't say well that that sister can do it as much as i can do it why don't she why don't she do it because she may not be gifted to do that yeah, yeah but she's willing to do everything naughty don't do that <laughs> don't look at somebody that says they want to do something and then hand all your jobs to them people are lazy things aren't they that's why Proverbs says, look at the ant, you lazy, you know. <laughs> okay. uh, 
verse 6. Listen. Having then gifts differing. Gifts differing. Having different gifts. You're part of the body, but you're an individual. And we each have different gifts. Okay? He says, having then different uh, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. These gifts come from grace. This is God's grace that comes upon you. It comes in the form of a gift. Isn't this beautiful? Just in the same way, by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. There is also, by, 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 you know, by grace you receive a gift, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Are you all with me? <laughs> okay? So this is supernatural. So you, you know, when you receive this thing, what, what's interesting is that you may ne- have never done this before, and after you get saved, something happens and you can do this thing. But only while you're in the Spirit. And you find that when you're just in the natural, it doesn't work. And you're thinking, what's up with this? <laughs> it's kind of like a, it works part-time. But you need to understand. And this, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, I fall into this category as well. There are gifts in me that only work when I'm in the spirit, so to speak. Now, I don't mean weird. I'm going in the spirit. Ooh, ah, I'm in the spirit. No, 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 no that's weird. Go, go sit down. We don't need that. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm talking about as you're walking, as you're talking with God, something ignites on the inside of you. And you have this urge to do something. Something you might have never done before. And it's suddenly there to do. And you kind of have an idea of how to do the thing. Which is also a shock. Because you never ever did that before. That's the supernatural nature of this gift. Are you with me? He says again, verse 6, Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Let us what? Let's just sit there and watch the pastor do them. Let's sit there and push it off. Let's sit there and ask the person next to us, Did God talk to you? I think God's talking to you. He tells you, Thus saith the Lord, Go serve a table. (laughs) No, that's you. (laughs) Okay? You're trying to pass it on. You can't do that. I've noticed that about people as well. And be careful when somebody else comes and tells you what you're supposed to do. You need to put a mirror in front of them and say, okay, now talk. <laughs> because when they're saying you, they need to say the, themselves in the mirror. Because that's who God is talking to. Moving right along. Anyway, okay. <laughs> he says, let us use them. Now he begins to list some gifts. They're not everything, but I feel like they will, they're generalized. Very, very generalized. We're going to be looking at this in uh, more specific terms as we go through the series. But I want to give you the very generalized list, okay? He says, first of all, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Not out of proportion to our faith. Don't start with God and end up with you. No, <laughs> I've seen that people start with God and they think that's too short. I've got to add to it somewhat. I'm, I'm up here. I need to say something. Everybody goes, is that all you have to say? Well, let me think. <laughs> and then the problem starts. And then people judge and go, that was not from God. Yeah, but the sad thing is the first few words were from God. And if they just shut up after that, but they need to be told that. 
They need to be told if you just get two words, say two words and go sit down. That's it. Are you all with me? I mean, you know, this may be sir talk a lot, but today it's only two words. Say it and sit. Because everything else will be judged to be not God. And then what God was trying to get, this is how the devil always comes in. He'll take what God does and just twist it and make it something else. And so the people don't hear what God had to say. And they look at that person and say, brother, please don't stand up again. This will make a lot of sense as we go further. Uh, it says again, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Verse 7, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. That is a huge category. All right? This word ministry is serving, but there are so many ways you can serve. This is not about a person sweeping a floor. Get that out of your head. This is not about somebody serving you tea and coffee. Get that out of your head. This is a spiritual... You don't need a spiritual gift to serve coffee. No. That's right. Can I get amen, please? Because that's what the denominational churches have taken this and done with it. You want to slap him? I won't. It's out of love. Anyway, okay. <laughs> you know, it, this, these are spiritual gifts. Which means this is a spiritual ministry, a spiritual serving of some kind. And it covers, as I said to you before, a lot of different things which we'll look at, which you'll be very excited about. Okay? And then it says, he who teaches in teaching. So some, some, some of you have never taught in your lives, and suddenly, you know, you want to go teach someone. You kind of look at stuff and think, I can actually see things. And it may be just the word, because that's where it's coming from. There are some natural teachers, and then there are some spiritual teachers. Some have both. Are you all with me? Don't get it mixed up. Okay. And he goes in the same verse. Eight. So we have uh, prophecy, ministry, teaching. Number four, verse 8. Ex he who exhorts in exhortation. This is one of the ministries of the church. It needs to be something that the body needs to be exhorting people. As, as the enemy attacks them and puts them down, we will look at this in greater detail, okay? I'm just giving you a quick overview here. As the enemy drags them down and says, you can't do anything, you're not worth anything and everything else, this is where this gift steps in and says, no, you are more than a conqueror. You are one of God's own children. He's not going to give everybody else a gift and miss you. He's no respecter of persons. You've got something in there that makes you special, makes you unique. And if you don't do it, nobody else can do it the way he has called you to do that particular thing. That's exhortation. Are you all with me? Yeah, but so-and-so can do it. But not as well as you. You are gifted, spiritually gifted. Do you not understand that? It's like, oh, okay. Exhortation. He who gives... With liberality, some people, and we're going to look at Acts, you know, they just sold stuff and they gave. This, for, this is this category. We're all meant to do it, but there are some that are called to give. And we will discuss about the kind of giving they did in Acts as well. Because people take that and say, see, they just sold everything. You know, once you sell everything, you have nothing left. Somebody has to come and support you now. No, I'm serious. But remember... Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shake together, running over. So we're going to look at all of that stuff and understand how. When God tells a giver to give, it means that he is going to supernaturally bless them. Mm 
Amen? So, you know, please don't feel, that's what we say, don't do it out of compulsion or, you know, necessity, because God loves cheerful givers. So, you know, you may not be earning a lot, but you give your tithes, your little offerings, or whatever it is, and God will see your heart, and God will bless you in the thing that matters to you most. And money may not matter to you. You might be a creative little bean. You know, you know you, you're saying, God, I'm, I'm working on a story or something. Can you help me? I just want to use an actual example. And, and uh, I hope Sarah doesn't mind. You know, Sarah, Sarah one, of the, one of the gifts that she has is writing stories. Nobody's heard this. I'm, I'm sorry, sweetie, I'm telling everybody this. But, you know, she, she, she is writing stories. And, you know, she said, Dad, you know, she, she was sort of talking to me about giving because she just gives. Like she, you know, and she goes, you know, not a lot of money is coming back. And I said, are you getting story ideas? She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, sweetheart, you're one of those people that you just make a million all at once. That, that's kind of the industry you're in. <laughs> it's one of those ones. And then she tells me later, she goes, you know, I did what you said. I, I put in the bucket because she just sews like so much more than you know and sh she goes and the next day I woke up with all of these ideas and all the things I was struggling with and, I, and she goes I remembered what you said you're right it's awesome <laughs> and she's giving her way into creativity wow. you're getting this so more on that when we get to it he who leads with diligence there are some people that are called to lead. They, they can look at something and go, okay, we know what we need to do here. And this is something that comes from love. I'm going to share something with you because I've, I've got to bring this to a conclusion. We'll continue on with this. Um, give me a little bit more time, okay? All right. And it says, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Not, <laughs> oh, you poor thing. Let me sit here and cry with you. No, <laughs> people that are going through stuff need you to bring some strength to them. The joy of the Lord is th their strength. And you need to bring that in the right way. Not insulting, okay? But in a way that you can lift them up. It is a spiritual gift. How do you do that? Well, you obviously don't have it. <laughs> you know, okay, you can't have all of them, all right? So don't feel bad. Well, one of these would, would jump out at you somewhere as we go through it. <laughs> Once again, this is something that God gives supernaturally to the body of Christ to love others with. Are you getting this? So that they can do as Christ commanded in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And then he sets the standard. He, can, he says, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Just in case you're going to do it the way you want to do it. How did he love us? He died for us. Ugh. That's a very high standard, man. And he says, by this, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have this kind of love, okay, for one another. And that's why these gifts are placed in the body to love each other. Hallelujah. But not, uh, one more thing, please. Let me just finish this. Not only did, us, did he give us the gifts in Romans 12, which is for every believer, all right, but the, to serve and to love with, but he also gave us one more list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, very quickly. 
I won't preach on any of this today. I want to read them to you, highlight a few things, and we'll come back. This is where we're headed for, all right? So you can get the big picture. This allows us to be supernaturally powerful and love in another way. Okay? And he says, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to read from verses 1 through 11 very quickly. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, that's the whole body, brethren, <laughs> sisteren, <laughs> and in everything in between. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. He says, I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. He says, all of you, don't be ignorant. The most of the church is ignorant. And he says, verse 2, that you were Gentiles carried away with dumb idols, <laughs> however you were led. Verse 3, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. Okay, we've seen the ministry gifts in Ephesians. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. That's right. Verse 7, and he says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, now we are talking about powerful things, okay, is given to each one for the profit of all. To each one, just like to each one was given this motivation of what we call gifts, they were given these spiritual gifts to each one as, a, as well. Now watch, watch. He says, to profit all. Not to profit themselves, to profit everybody. Yeah. Okay, and he says then in verse 8, for one is given the word of wisdom, the word of wisdom, not a paragraph of wisdom. No. We'll talk about this, a whole book of wisdom. Okay, a word of wisdom. Yeah. All right, <laughs> and he also says to another, a word of knowledge yeah. through the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit. These are gifts, by the way. This is not just normal faith. No. This is a gift that allows you to operate on a whole other level while it's working and then you land. And you go, dear God, what did I just do? <laughs> it wasn't you, it was God. <laughs> and he says, to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. These are not for the fivefold ministry only. To everybody. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But... One and the same Spirit works all these things. Listen, distributing to each one individually as He wills. To each one as He wills, which means you might walk in one thing this week and a whole other thing next week. With the seven uh, things, other things I talked about, they come at the new birth and it'll be something that you walk in one or two or three primarily. But this, any nine can operate in you. And gifts is not a right word. It's the word manifestations in the original text, which means the same Spirit can manifest nine different ways. If you allow Him, if you're open to it, if you're taught right, if the fivefold ministry goes and prays, gets it right and comes and teaches you like I'm teaching it to you now. They don't come to you and say, well, that all passed away. And then nobody expects nothing. And you know what, what happens when you expect nothing? Big surprise, you get nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, shocked. I'm going to die from the shock. No. <laughs> if you don't expect, nothing will happen. So my job is to teach you how to expect. My job is to tell you, first of all, it's there. Second, he will move through anyone that allows him to. And third, he won't make you look foolish. 
he will confirm his word with signs following. So you can be a person that is serving tables and gets a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or even miracles for someone. Do you hear me? Yeah. They came for food. You got them healed. Amen. That's right. And they ate. <laughs> <laughs> and they went home happy. <laughs> Amen. That's who we are meant to be. That's where we're headed for. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, that we see this clearly. That we approach your word with reverence and expectation. That we are excited about this. We haven't done any of this because we didn't know any of it. But as we learn, as we grow, as you begin to move through us, we'll gain the wisdom that we need. Yes, we'll trip over things. Yes, we'll get things wrong. But it's okay. God is bigger than our mistakes. And I know, Father, that you are excited about us walking in all of these things. And we thank you for your wisdom and your guidance through this. In Jesus' name, amen.